Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Welcome to the Inspired Mind Podcast with Ella Victoria. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. If you listened to last week's episode, then you'll know what this one is going to be all about. I told you guys in last week's episode that I wanted to start off the new season by first of all talking about my engagement story. So if you haven't listened to that, that was in last week's episode. And then this week I want to focus on talking all about my Europe trip. We were away for five weeks, so I feel like I have a lot of recommendations that I can share with you guys and I definitely learned a lot along the way. And I hope this helps you guys out because I was doing so much research before I went away on my trip and all of the content out there was so helpful. But I know everybody likes to do Europe trips very differently as well. Some people like to base their Europe trip around partying. Others like to have a bit more of a low-key relaxing trip, whereas other people like to do a lot of exploring. Everyone has a different idea and need for travel, but maybe you liked the look of my trip and you could take a few ideas from what I did and I personally had the best time and it was exactly what we needed. Brayden and I aren't necessarily huge partiers or anything like that so that wasn't really the reason that we went over. We really just love exploring and experiencing new cultures but at the same time we've learned from past experiences that it's really important to have some time to slow down and actually have a holiday as well because there's a difference between traveling and having a holiday because You need that time to rest and recoup because otherwise you get exhausted and you can't enjoy it for what it is, in my opinion. So if you're wanting to plan a trip for maybe 2024 or for any future years, hopefully this helps you out and gives you some inspiration and ideas for your future trip. So exciting if you are going to go over. It's honestly the best thing. And I think social media has really romanticized the whole Euro summer over the past few years, especially with TikTok. And I know for me, I had FOMO and I felt like oh, I need to do this. It's something I have to do in my 20s. And I honestly am so glad that I did the trip, but everyone has different priorities as well. And you don't need to try and rush to do that certain thing because I know sometimes it can feel like you see all of these other people doing something that you'd like to do and it's like okay well I need to do that trip right now otherwise it's never going to happen but you have so much time in your life that you don't need to rush it and 
put it out there to the universe and it will happen for you at the right time. But it's fun to start planning regardless, even if you don't necessarily know when you're going to go over. It's fun to daydream and visualize exactly what you want. And when you know exactly what you want and where you want to go, it makes it so much easier to plan when the time comes to it. Because Europe is such a big place. I think people talk about it like it's one country. It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to Europe. But it's just not one place. There's so much you can see. And we literally scratched the surface. I have done another Europe trip in 2018. We went over in winter that time. And so I do feel like I have done a fair bit of Europe now, but wow, like you don't want to rush it. Let me tell you that you really want to make sure you have enough time to immerse yourself in each place and soak it up because otherwise It just goes by too fast and you feel like you barely even saw a certain place. So anyway, let's get started by first of all talking about where I went on my trip. So if you follow me over on my socials, you might have seen where I went. But if you don't know, we first of all went to Greece. So we did Santorini and Milos in Greece. After that, we did one night in Athens. Then we moved on to Switzerland We spent most of our time in Grindelwald, which was absolutely stunning. And then we did one night in Zurich. After that, we went to Croatia. We started off at the very top of Croatia in the Istrian Peninsula, which is where some of Braden's heritage is from, which is why we wanted to go there. And we've also researched it and saw that it was really, really beautiful. And we were really looking forward to going somewhere as well that wasn't as touristy because I feel like when you think of a Croatian holiday, you think of like Dubrovnik, Split, Havar, all of those places, which we did do, but it was nice to have a relaxing time in the Istrian Peninsula. So we stayed in Pula, which is one of the towns there. We also went to Slovenia just for a day trip though, but we hired a car from Pula and did a day trip there which was really good and I really recommend doing that because honestly everywhere is so close over in Europe that you would be surprised how easy it is to get to certain places and you've just got to get a little bit creative with it. We literally hired a car and went to Slovenia from Croatia there and back in one day and certain places have borders that you have to pay to get into but for some reason you don't actually have to pay for the border between Slovenia and Croatia so that was great so it was a very affordable day trip other than just hiring the car and we got to experience a new country. So after we spent some time in the Istrian Peninsula we went to Split for one night. We weren't there very long but honestly I don't think we needed any longer because I mean there's lots of things that you can do from there but I didn't feel like there was a ton of things I could do actually in split it was beautiful and I had the best gelato ever there I will say that but it's pretty much a port and a really great base to go to other places so you can do day trips to other islands or you can go to the national parks and it's a great place for that but we decided that we wanted to actually stay in some other places like Havar so we only stayed in Split for one night so after Split we went to Havar which we loved I'll tell you guys all of my thoughts on all of the places afterwards I just want to quickly give you a quick overview and then we went to Dubrovnik and that was it for Croatia and then we were on to our Italy portion which we did a lot of so we started off in Sorrento then we stayed in Postano we went to Rome we went to Florence after that we went to Cinque Terre then we went to Lake Como and then finally we ended off the trip in Venice and I think that is everywhere that we went but yeah it was a big trip we packed in so much in five weeks like honestly I can't believe how much we managed to get done because 
five weeks is obviously a long amount of time, but travel takes time as well. And it was perfect. And I think the reason that so much of the trip went so smoothly was because we did so much planning in advance. And I literally have an itinerary that I made on Canva with like a day by day plan of the whole trip. I included photos, I made it really aesthetic and I wrote a bucket list for each country that we were going to. Actually, not even just each country, each town that we were going to. I was like, hey, this is my Italy bucket list. These are all the restaurants I want to go to. These are the sites I want to see. These are the activities we can do. And that was actually really, really helpful because I love the idea of being spontaneous when I'm on holiday and just going to random restaurants and things. But sometimes you want to know that you're definitely going to get a good meal and you're going to be somewhere nice. And it takes time to then just pull out your phone and do research and find somewhere to go to. So if you have a list on your phone that you've already pre-researched, that is so helpful. And it just made our lives so much easier when we were wanting to book things. And sometimes I would have forgotten about a certain thing that I wanted to see and I'd look at my list and it jogged my memory. And that really was just so helpful and helped us get so much more done in a short period of time. And you kind of need to do that when you're only going to be spending like two nights in a certain place, which we did for majority of the places that we went to, especially in Italy. In Italy, it was very much like two nights here, two nights there. I think we did like three nights in Rome and Florence, which was great to have that extra night. And I think we also did three nights in Sorrento. But other than that, everywhere else was two nights and Venice was one night. That might seem like a short amount of time to stay in a certain place. And believe me, if I could have stayed longer in particular places, I would have loved to. But honestly, we just wanted to see as many places as we could. And we thought if we planned it out correctly, it won't be too stressful. And that's what we learned from doing our last Europe trip as well. And the one that we did in 2018 was kind of similar in the sense that we spent a couple of nights in each place. But I think this time we were even more organized. So we had planned our days out pretty much to a T with wriggle room, of course, like everything was optional, but it just allowed us to see that we had time to fit everything in. And I think we pretty much did everything that we set out for ourselves. So plan, plan, plan. The more research you can do, the better. And even though I said that we stayed in a lot of places for two nights, I personally would recommend staying for three nights minimum in hindsight, because that way you have just a little bit more time to relax. And if you want, then you can have a day to just chill at the hotel and just really unwind because when you're traveling for a long period of time like that, you do need time to just unwind and switch off and just time for yourself as well because Brayden and I were obviously traveling together all the time and we loved it. We are very good at traveling together and we love each other's company, but you do need some time just to like think your own thoughts sometimes. I will say we were very respectful of each other in that sense and you've got to learn to be comfortable in the silence because personally, I can't be talking 24 seven. When you're with someone for five weeks, I can't be there like engaging in conversation all the time. You need to learn to be okay in the silence. That's so important, I feel like, with a partner. And that's one thing Brayden and I both are really good at, I'd say. We have amazing conversations, but we know when the other person needs time to recharge. That's one thing to consider when traveling with someone and picking someone to go away with. Pick someone who you can be comfortable with in silence because I need that recharge time personally. And it's not that I don't have things to say and I don't wanna talk, but 
you genuinely get exhausted if you keep talking all the time. You know what I mean? So that's another big tip I will say. So three nights minimum is ideal, but obviously work with what time you have, but that is like the perfect amount of time. Brayden and I did actually do a few more nights in Santorini at the beginning. I think we did five nights there, which was like an absolute luxury. That was so lovely. And especially since we got engaged there, that was really nice. So we actually had time to just relax and call our family and not rush about. So that was lovely. And we got to really enjoy the pools there. I'm really glad that we did that at the start of the trip as well, because it gave us the opportunity to get over jet lag. Although in saying that we weren't even really jet lagged, which was so good because our flight arrived at 10 PM or something. So by the time we got to the hotel, we just went straight to sleep, had a great night's sleep and woke up and just had a busy day. And I think we went to sleep maybe at like 8 30, 9 o'clock that night, and it didn't take us long to get into a good routine. But we didn't know that that would be the case. And you just never know how things are going to go with like long haul flights. You don't know if there's going to be delays or if someone's going to get sick. So we just thought it'd be good to have a few extra days in Santorini so we could have some time to recover. And that was lovely. But then after that, it was pretty much like go, go, go everywhere was minimum three nights. And we did lots of ferries, lots of trains, lots of transfers. Although in saying that actually transfers, that's something that we didn't really book too much of. I originally thought that we'd be booking all of our transfers to and from the airport in advance. But when we spoke to our travel agent, she just recommended that we sort it out when we're over there with the hotel or just order taxis or Ubers ourselves because transfers can be quite expensive. We did, however, order transfers for certain places that we arrived in late at night. So when we arrived in Naples airport, for example, we needed to get to Sorrento and there was a train, but like the train's apparently a little bit dodgy and it was quite late at night. So we had organized a transfer in advance for that. But other than that, we pretty much just got taxis and Ubers everywhere. Obviously, if you can try and get an Uber over a taxi, because taxis are generally more expensive. But from what I found, actually, a lot of the Ubers and taxis are connected as well. So we would order an Uber and then a taxi would arrive. So a lot of them are with the same service. So it worked out to be similar prices, but some places were different. And also some places have their own version of Uber as well. Not every country uses Uber, but that really wouldn't be too hard to find out. Just do a quick Google and then maybe write down your phone for each country that you're going to what the best transportation is and what like Uber service they use. So since we are on the whole booking theme, I guess I should let you guys know how we went about that. So we actually went to a travel agent to book our flights, which we did back in 2018 as well for our last Europe trip. And funnily enough, we had the same lady. It was a complete coincidence, but so funny. We went in there. She was like, hey, I recognize you guys. She's like, didn't I book your last trip? So that was kind of cool. But we just found it really helpful having a third person to talk through our plans with and someone who obviously is experienced with travel. And she was really great at helping us find the best route for certain things, which isn't always the easiest to do yourself. And also, we have found both this time and last time that we saved a fair bit of money on the flights with booking through a travel agent versus booking ourselves. And I did compare those flights on Skyscanner and then the flights that she got and she saved us like hundreds of dollars. So I would recommend booking the flights through a travel agent. Just makes it so much easier and yeah, you can just sit down and do it all at once. Also get 
really, really specific about the route that you want to do because it can save you so much money. So we were originally meant to be flying from Croatia to Venice and we were meant to be ending our trip, I think, in Sorrento. So we were going to be going the opposite way to what we did. So in the end, we figured out that it was a lot cheaper for us to fly from Dubrovnik to Naples and that saved us like $800. So really get creative with your flight routes and make sure to test out lots of different options to see what the price difference is because it could like save you a lot of money. So we booked our flights through the travel agent but we booked all of the accommodation ourselves and as for the trains and the ferries and anything like that, I think we booked all of them ourselves. Actually, I think she booked some trains for us. The ferries were super easy to book. I believe we just booked it through Ferry Hopper and the trains we booked through Rail Europe. And I did just check and it turns out that our travel agent did book those for us. But there were like some trains as well that we booked when we just got there. So in Cinque Terre, for example, they just had like a train, like a public train that you could catch to all the different towns in the area. So we just booked that on the day. You don't need to do that stuff in advance, but for like your bigger journeys, definitely book in advance and make sure you get there with plenty of time to get your train. And one thing I will say that will help you guys out so much is to bring a smaller suitcase. And I know it's so tempting to pack so much stuff because you're going away for a long time, but the smaller, the better, because believe me when I tell you that there are so many stairs and so many cobblestones and both of those things are not great for your legs or the wheels of your suitcase. So I highly recommend bringing a smaller suitcase, something really light, and then maybe a really good carry-on case. I actually got a really cool backpack from Amazon, which allowed me to pack so many clothes in it. It had like three different sections. It was basically like a suitcase, but in backpack form. I could fit so much in there. And so I thought next time, I'm just gonna try and pack more in that and then just bring a smaller suitcase. Also, I think it's really good to try and carry as much as you can in your backpack as well, because if your luggage goes missing, for example, on a flight, then you at least have some clothes with you. So when we were getting flights, I always made sure to have a spare pair of clothing and undies and cozies and whatnot. And anything valuable, I just kept on me in my backpack as well. I really recommend that you do that. I saw so many people say that recommendation before we went over, but Brayden was like, oh, we'll be fine. And I thought to myself, surely we won't be that bad. And I tried to book accommodation that wasn't like too far away from the train stations and things, but a 15 minute walk from the train station to your accommodation might not sound far, but when you've got a big suitcase and you're hot and sweaty, it's far, honestly. I really recommend packing light if you can. And also make sure to have a look at your luggage allowance for all of the flights in Europe. Because for our main flight from Australia over to Europe, we had a 32 kilo luggage allowance, which is massive. But then when we were over there, some of our flights only allowed 23 kilos. So we had to make sure that we didn't like overpack on the way here because then we would have been in a bit of trouble when we were over there. So that's something to consider as well. So in terms of accommodation, we booked all of that ourselves and majority of the accommodation I actually booked directly through the hotels. And yes, we did stay mostly in hotels, but we did book one Airbnb, which I'm really happy that we did because we made sure to book an Airbnb with a washing machine and a dryer. And we did that. It was like almost the halfway point. Not really, to be honest, it was more like in the first half, but 
at that point we did need to wash our clothes. So that was when we were in Croatia in the Istrian Peninsula. And it was so helpful to be able to do all of our washing and let it dry and then be able to start again because it's not really that fun to go to the laundry mat and have to sit around waiting for your laundry to wash and dry. And also it's expensive to do that. So I really recommend looking into accommodation that has a washer and dryer. We originally didn't think about that. And then someone mentioned it to us and I was like, oh my gosh, genius. I didn't even think about that. So highly recommend looking into accommodation that has that. But the reason I like to book hotels over Airbnbs usually is because they have a concierge. So if, for example, you have a checkout at 10 a.m. and you don't need to get your flight till 4 p.m., you can then leave your bag with them and you can go about your day. Whereas if you're an Airbnb, you can't leave your bag there. You have to be out and then you are stuck with your bag. So I just think that for traveling when you're overseas and when you have a limited amount of time in a certain place, it's really good to be able to have a place to store your bag, especially for free. It's also really great to have a concierge that can help you out with recommendations and booking transfers and things like that. Plus, I also really wanted to stay in hotels because I tried to book breakfast included in majority of the places that we went to because that is the biggest saver when it comes to money because obviously Europe itself is expensive to get to and it's expensive to stay there. But the thing that really does add up is how much you spend each day on food. And if you can have breakfast at the hotel included, it saves you a lot of money and generally you don't need as big of a lunch because you're fueled up from a big breakfast. So I highly recommend that. And it's just such a fun experience having breakfast at the hotel as well. I feel like that is part of the whole holiday. So we did that in a few places, not everywhere had breakfast, but I really enjoyed it when we did have it. So in terms of saving money on accommodation, when you travel, I have a few tips. So first of all, I did a bunch of research into hotels, I guess, through booking.com because everything's pretty much on there. And that was really, really helpful. So I'm sure you guys know how to use it, but I basically just typed in the location where we wanted to stay and then had a look at all of the reviews and found places that I like to look of that were within our budget. I spent a lot of time doing this, like more time than I've ever done before, but I really think that it paid off for us and I paid a lot of attention to the location. I didn't just book anywhere. I really looked at the distance between the train station to the accommodation and things like that. And I think that's so worth doing. So then I created a spreadsheet and wrote down all of the contenders for the accommodation and wrote down all the prices, the pros and cons, etc., so I could compare. And after that, before booking, I searched up on Google the name of the hotel to see if there was an option to book through the hotel directly because 90% of the time you can book directly. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Through the hotel or accommodation, and obviously that's not advertised on booking.com, but you can do that. And I found that the prices through the website were so much cheaper than on booking.com. Like we saved hundreds of dollars on some expensive accommodation, so definitely look into that. And I know booking.com constantly has deals going on with their accommodation, but I feel like it's all very much linked to your cookies and it can tell if you've been viewing a certain thing for a certain amount of time. So be careful about that. But I really recommend booking through the hotel if you can. And also, I mean, I haven't had the best experience with booking.com. I'm not going to lie because when we were over there, one of our accommodations was booked through them for Sorrento actually. And the week before they tried charging my card for the accommodation and I didn't have enough money on my card, but I didn't realize that they were going to be debiting my account that day. I thought they were going to be debiting another day because that's when they had their like cancellation up to. So it was out of nowhere that they debited it. And then because there weren't enough funds, they immediately just canceled our booking and we had no accommodation. So so I tried getting in contact with booking.com and asked them to reinstate the booking. And they said that they couldn't do that and I just would have to rebook. And the price of the hotel had gone up at this point. So I was like, well, that's not really fair for me to have to rebook because like it's a lot more expensive now because it's literally a week before we're staying there. And they basically ghosted us and didn't reply to us. We did, however, get in contact with the actual accommodation though. And they were really helpful, but they were like, unfortunately, we only take bookings through booking.com. So we were a little bit stuck and ended up booking something else last minute, which was all fine. It was a really nice place still, but... I was just thinking to myself, that is so frustrating. We were already on holiday and we had to spend time trying to figure out where to stay when it shouldn't have been that complicated. So another reason why I recommend going directly through the hotel if you can. Another thing to pay attention to is whether they debit you at the hotel or they debit you ahead because we were booking so many accommodations all at once for lots of different places. And I thought that a lot of the transactions had already been done and I'd paid for a lot of the stuff because I'd put my details in and I hadn't selected to pay at the hotel. I wanted to pay like then and there. But some of them have like a policy where it's like you pay when you get to the hotel and I didn't realize that. So we got to a few places and they were like, okay, so this is the outstanding amount. And I was like, what? I thought I'd already paid. So that was a bit of a surprise that I didn't anticipate sometimes. So just make sure and check whether you have actually been debited for the accommodation because I thought that I wasn't going to have to pay too much more and I had a lovely surprise when we got overseas. So now let's chat about knowing where to go in Europe because there are so many places to see and you might be like, I want to go this place, I want to go that place. But when you actually look at them on a map, they geographically are a bit more spread out. So I had a big list of all of these places that I wanted to visit, including Portugal, Spain, Nice. I really wanted to do the South of France. Yeah, there was like so many places I wanted to do as well as the places that we did get to do. So then I thought, okay, I'm only going to choose a certain amount of places that we can go to. And I decided on the places that we went to, one, because we really wanted to go to them, but they also geographically made sense because they were all a lot closer together. Whereas Portugal and Spain is a little bit further away and it probably would have been a little bit more difficult to get to. Don't quote me on that, but I just found that the places that we decided to go to in the end were all really close to each other. And so I feel like we've really 
ticked off that little section of Europe. And so I would love to go over and do another trip another time and go do Spain, Portugal and all of that stuff in that area. But for this trip, we stuck to one particular area. So that is definitely something to think about too. You don't necessarily need to do all of it at once, although I know it can be tempting to because especially if you live in Australia, it is quite a long way to go that when you're over there, you might as well go see as much as you can. I guess I should give you a little bit of a breakdown and share the highlights of the trip and the places that I loved the most because that is definitely the most commonly asked question I've got and it's the most common question that I ask people when they get back from a Europe trip I'm like where was your favorite place and it's so hard to say I don't know how people narrow it down to one place I'm like well I loved everywhere but like I have favorites in particular countries so obviously I've got to be biased and in terms of the whole experience Santorini's gonna have a special place in my heart because that is where we got engaged and it was just so magical we had a longer period of time there and I have a theory that often when you go on a trip the first place that you visit is your favorite because that was what happened to me last time we went away as well we went to Finland last time we went to Europe and that was my favorite place And that was the first place that we'd stopped off at. So I don't know if that's a thing, but I do think that we were feeling quite refreshed because we were at the start of the trip and we were just so excited about everything to come. And then we got engaged and it was just like a very exciting time. And Santorini is beautiful. I absolutely loved it. We stayed in Fira and I really, really recommend it. Our hotel was called the Aperium Blue Hotel. I loved them so much. The whole experience was just incredible. I loved it so much. I personally wouldn't stay in Ia if that's what you guys are thinking if you're wanting to go over to Santorini because Ia is the main place and it's the postcard view that I'm sure you've seen. I think that's what everyone thinks of when they think of Santorini but it is just so busy like everyone says and we went over in like September and October. So the off peak kind of season and it was still so busy for us. So I can't even imagine what it would be like in summer and you're a little bit more overlooked there, but it definitely is worth a visit. We ended up getting a bus from the main town in Fira to Ia and that way we got to see it for a day. Also the buses in Santorini, oh my gosh, they were a nightmare. I'm not going to lie. Even though I think Santorini overall is probably the winner of my favorite place. I will say the one thing I didn't like is the transportation. It's so expensive. It's just expensive in general there, but the buses weren't great. If you are wanting to get the bus anywhere, make sure you go like right into the town center because there was a bus stop outside of our hotel and we tried to get one from there, but the buses drive past and they just don't stop because they just don't want to. So go to the main bus area. So we had to do a bit of a walk to get there, but it was so worth it and saves you a lot of money because the transfers are expensive. So Santorini is overall the winner. I just don't think anything can top it. But second to that, I think I would have to say Milos, which is the other place in Greece that we went to. So Greece just has our heart. I loved Greece so much. Milos was just beautiful. It was so quiet and much more relaxed. Like not as bougie, much more casual. And the food was really good. We got the best 
Eros when we were there. We had it like three times and became obsessed. We also did a boat tour, which I highly recommend doing. We booked through Polco Sailing and I think it was like $500 for the two of us for a full day on a boat. And we got to go to all of the different swim spots. We got to go to the Blue Lagoon. We made so many friends on the boat as well. That was definitely a highlight of our trip. And I remember being really unsure of who to book through when we were booking our boat tour, but they were really good. And a lot of my friends had booked through them as well. So I highly recommend that. So yeah, we loved Milos. We also went to an incredible place for dinner called Ohamos, which so many people recommended to us as well. It was a homey tavern with the best meat and it was just such a cozy vibe. They served our wine in these cute little ceramic glasses and it was just really wholesome. I really liked it there. And the beaches, oh my gosh, they they were incredible. There was this beach with like a ladder that took you down to the beach but I did cut my foot open on that because there was a step missing and then I put my foot on the rock because someone told me to. They were like, oh, put your foot on the rock because that will help you. But then the rock broke and then I cut my toe open. So that was a bit of a drama, but that was a nice beach. And then the moon beach, Saracanico beach is incredible as well. Although nobody told me how slippery it was. It definitely was very slippery walking around Saracanico beach. So make sure to be careful. So I think Milos takes number two. Number three is a tie. I can't decide between Grindelwald in Switzerland or Havar in Croatia. I loved both of them. I think I'll have to say Grindelwald because it was just incredible. It was a really different experience as well and completely different to all of the places that we had gone to on the trip. It was just incredible. So green. The accommodation we stayed at was amazing and they had breakfast included. They also had a whole wellness center with a steam room, a sauna, like an ice bath shower. It was really cool. It sprayed like freezing cold water at you. So you got like the cold plunge experience and it had a whole tea room in there. Our hotel was amazing. And just the walks that we did there were just phenomenal. It was just beautiful. So I highly recommend Switzerland, although the prices are beyond. They are out of this world. It's very expensive there. Number four would have to be at Havar. Havar is absolutely beautiful. The water is like crystal clear. I wish we had a bit more time there to swim. We also did a boat tour from Havar and we went to the island Viz, which is where they filmed Mamma Mia 2. And I'm such a fan of that movie. So it was really cool to go there. And we actually dined at the restaurant where they filmed a scene in the movie. So that was really cool. I know Havar is also known for their nightlife. However, we didn't go out and party at all. I did say to Brayden, oh, maybe we should, maybe we should go out and do something because this is what it's kind of like not known for. It's known for so much more, but a lot of people do go there to party. But every night, as soon as it got to like 9 p.m., we were like, oh, I'm tired. Do you want to just go back? And yeah, we just went back to the room. However, I will say since we were there in early October, it was off peak time and I don't think there was much partying going on at that point. So that is something to consider when planning your trip. Number five and number six, I've just got two more favorites, I think. I think, oh, I don't know. There's so many places I loved. I think I would have to say number five is Positano. I loved Positano. 
It was incredible. So, so pretty. We stayed in a really nice accommodation there. The beach club was so much fun. We went to One Fire Beach Club, which was so much fun. You pay for a chair for the whole day and they greeted us with some Prosecco, complimentary when we arrived. And then they did like this watermelon party later on in the day where they chopped up all the watermelon and it was just like a whole performance. It was honestly very entertaining. So we had a great time there. And then number six would have to be Lake Como. Oh, Lake Como is just something else. It's so amazing. We stayed in Bellagio and I really recommend staying there. But before you go to Lake Como, make sure you research which villas you want to see and what days they're open and what days they're closed because we didn't do that. I thought they'd be open every single day, but turns out some of them are closed on particular days. We really wanted to go to Villa Balbiano, which I think is probably one of the most well-known ones in Lake Como and it looked amazing but we unfortunately didn't get to go there because they were closed on Wednesdays and Wednesday was the only full day we had in Lake Como so make sure to check that because we missed out on going there and that is the villa where they filmed Star Wars and a bunch of other movies and it looks incredible so many people get married at these villas and you can see why it was just incredible I could have quite easily spent a week just in Lake Como relaxing and enjoying all of the views it's just breathtaking everywhere you look I felt the same about Switzerland as well actually however I also really loved Roman Florence and Dubrovnik and I think that's like everything that absolutely stole my heart everywhere else was amazing as well but they were just my top places okay so moving on to another little topic that I wanted to discuss and that's how much we spent I will do I think at some point a TikTok talking about how much I spent in Europe and just do a full breakdown because I still need to go over my budget and just finalize all of that. But off the top of my head, I think for five weeks, including all of our flights, accommodation, spending money, like everything, I'm pretty sure we spent between 15 to $16,000 each, I believe. I might be slightly off with that, but I know we spent about 20 grand just on all of our flights, like all of our flights, ferries, trains, and all of our accommodation. That was about 20 grand altogether, so 10 each. But yeah, I think with all of our spending money on top, it probably worked out to be about 15,000 each, I'd say. But I do want to do a breakdown of that to actually work out things specifically. And we did spend a bit of money as well before the trip on just essentials for the trip as well, because it's important to have everything that you need when you're away. And I'm personally not a huge shopper when I'm away on holiday. I prefer to do the shopping beforehand so that I have the stuff to wear on the trip. I know not everyone thinks like that, but that's just what I like to do. So I didn't do too much shopping when we were actually away, but I did buy myself a few things to wear before the trip. In terms of packing tips, I really recommend getting compression packing cubes. I had normal packing cubes on the last Europe trip that we went to, but I didn't have compressing ones. But compressing ones just allow you to fit so much more in your bag. And if you're going to be bringing a smaller suitcase, which I really recommend you do, that will make your life a whole lot easier as well. And there's so many good ones you can get on Amazon. Just have a real big think as well about what's essential. Like, do you really need to bring a hairdryer, for example? Because a lot of the places that we stayed at had hairdryers there. So in hindsight, I probably didn't really need to bring mine, but I mean, I used it, but 
it, it wasn't really necessary. And then in terms of what to wear, I was really stumped on this before we went on our trip, but I think it really does depend on what time of year you go over. And I will talk in a little bit about my thoughts on the time of year that we went over because we went in, I guess, Euro autumn, a little bit off peak, but Regardless of the time of year, I think that you can never go wrong with layers and I think you just need to have a good base and then things that you can layer up with because you never know what the weather's going to be like because it could change from one day to the next, which is what happened to us at the end of the trip. It got so much colder and I wasn't prepared for that. But linen shirts were my best friend. Linen in general was just such a staple and you can wear it with so many different things. I loved layering them up over the top of my cozies as just like a beach cover up. I would wear a linen shirt buttoned up with some shorts or I would wear them open with like another top underneath. There's just so many different ways that you could wear them. I also think bringing more active wear is really good because you've got to think about what you're going to be wearing on those travel days. I definitely didn't have enough like outfits for just casual travel days. Also some sort of rain jacket could be really practical as well because it poured down with rain towards the end of our trip and I didn't really have anything practical for that other than an umbrella. So definitely something protective that you can wear for if it starts raining. And I think you should just probably have that for even if it is summer, that would be helpful because it could still rain. Gosh, I've been talking for so long and I still feel like there's so much that I could say. I have been vlogging the whole trip as well, but I haven't posted any of the vlogs just yet, but they'll be up soon. So if you're wanting to like actually see what we got up to day by day, definitely go check them out over on my YouTube channel. And I also have posted a bunch of TikToks and stories and stuff on Instagram and TikTok. And I've made a story highlights so you can go back and see exactly what we did. And I shared a bunch of tips. So that's probably the best way to figure out our exact itinerary. But I hope I've managed to cover a lot in this episode. I do want to talk quickly a little bit about my thoughts on the time of year that we went over because we went over in September and October. We left Australia on the 22nd of September and then we got home on the 28th of October. So we really saw the change in the seasons. It was absolutely crazy. When we first arrived in September, it was so hot, so hot in Santorini. Like nice and comfortable but like hot and we got a little bit sunburnt when we were there and it was it was beautiful great swimming weather and it was still really nice and warm when we were in Croatia and in Switzerland which I was really surprised by I thought it was going to be a lot colder so I was thinking wow like this this summer is really extending for us but then we got to Italy and we got really lucky at the start of the trip when we were in Positano. It was still warm and we had a good like beach day at the beach club. But then after that, after we went to like Rome and stuff, it basically started raining pretty much every single day after that. And we had torrential rain. So in hindsight, I think the best time of year to go over would be from the end of August until the end of September, because then you're still going in a more off peak time, but you don't have as much of a chance of it pouring down with rain. And yeah, I'm really glad that that happened at the end of our trip when we were in Italy though, because we weren't really going to beaches and stuff there, but we really, really did love going over in the off-peak season. I just think it was so much quieter than it normally would be. I've seen videos and photos of people traveling during the summertime and it looks crazy. And I just think that you have a lot more flexibility. I also would be really aware if you're thinking of going over in October that 
they do end up closing a lot of things for the end of the season. We were really, really lucky and we basically got in just before things started to close. Like when we did our boat tour in Croatia, that was the last day that they were doing the boat tour and then they were wrapping up. So we were just extremely lucky with that. But just be mindful of that because you don't wanna travel all that way and then miss out on something that you've been really looking forward to doing. So that's why I probably would recommend going from August to September and you can guarantee that everything's gonna be still around and the weather's gonna be a lot more predictable, yet it still will be off peak and maybe a little bit more affordable. So that is my little recap on my Europe trip. Wow, there's a lot to say and there's so much more I could have said, but I really hope that this helped you. Whether you're going over to Europe or not, I hope you enjoyed just hearing about my trip. I honestly had such a good time. I kind of feel like I've got a little bit of... um post-holiday blues now. Don't get me wrong, I am so happy to be home and I was so ready to come home, but I just love how with travel you experience new things every single day and I just love being out and about. So I always get inspired when I get home from trips like that to implement that lifestyle at home because I'm such a homebody and honestly, in my everyday life, I don't leave the apartment that much other than when I go to the gym or go for a run or see my friends, but honestly today after I record this episode I'm just gonna edit it and get it out for you guys and I probably won't be leaving the apartment but when you're traveling you're constantly walking around and you're seeing new things and you're not like sitting in front of a screen and I just really want to try and avoid that because that's just that's not my favorite way to live you know I really realized that when I was traveling and I think I need to set some more boundaries in place to make sure I have more of a healthy relationship with that But I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode and it inspired you. I really enjoyed recapping on everything and make sure to go and head over to my YouTube channel so you can see all of the vlogs from the trip. I've been putting a lot of effort into editing them to make them just really nice little memories for myself and fun to watch for you guys. If you enjoyed this episode and you found it helpful, please leave a little rating and review. It helps me out so much. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And I will speak to you next week. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.